Hey, Speakeasy listeners, it's the Strategy Series. Minisodes that give you an actionable shot in the arm on marketing, media, and management. Grab a cocktail or not, here we go. Today we're, um, it's kind of a somber strategy series, and even if you don't want to call it a strategy series, it's just a quick shot in the arm to check in with each other. We're feeling somber like a lot of others, and, um, and we're still waiting to find out who our president is going to be. And maybe we just need to talk about that. Yeah, I think we do. This is definitely not a strategy series, I'm sure. It's more of a airing of feelings and observation of the life that we see happening right now. And man, whew, what a week it's been. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, as a parent who's trying to impress upon a child about what this process means, uh, and this is really his first memorable um, window into um, what a presidential election looks like it's like every like it's everything wrong it's it's, you can't teach yeah it's it's tricky and so where we stand right now you know this will be dated soon but we are a few days past the election we don't have official numbers back yet from key states so everyone is waiting for the final answer so i really don't want to talk about the final answer as much as the fact that our nation is so incredibly divided. Mm -hmm. And I am so, I don't know if I want to use the word depressed or appalled or angry about that. All of those things. I think it's, it's, there's, there's two stories happening here. It's like all the things that led up to get here and then looking and we know it's just going to get worse before it gets better. Once a decision is announced, if a decision gets announced, right? So, you know, if Biden wins, Trump moves to steal, we could call it a coup if we wanted to. I think that's what he's setting himself up to do. Um, he's, you know, he's already announced his victory. So it's like, you know, what misogynist wouldn't just hang on to that? Or what narcissist wouldn't, you know, a narcissist is not going to walk away from an announcement like that. Um, it's like, and I don't even want to, like, my what I've been thinking and picturing in my head is if P.T. Barnum met the Tasmanian devil, but that almost sounds cute. You know, like it's just, it's vicious and it's insidious. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's even hard to form the sentences right now, but the truth of the matter is there's a lot of language out there about um, both sides doing X or Y, or we're all Americans at heart, or, we'll get through this. And a lot of those things, I don't currently believe any of those are true. Um, I will be right. I will be very transparent. I voted for Biden for a lot of moral reasons. And I'm sure there are people who voted for Trump for a lot of moral reasons as well. They just have a different North than I do, I suppose. But um, in my little blue bubble, living in a County that's entirely blue in a state that thankfully went quite blue I am shocked at the number of people who just would vote for someone who is fraudulent, dishonest, xenophobic, and angry all the time. And, and a person who would put his own or his family's interests ahead of any decision. Any decision at all. 100%. I, or personal gain. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that is kind of the heart of the issue between the two camps. Right now in my thinking, and of course I'm no expert and pundit or any of that, but 
I feel like this is the decision. This is a struggle between people who think in terms of we and people who think in terms of me. What is in my best interest? What is good for me? As opposed to what is good for everybody? What is good for the group? And mm-hmm. I feel as if we have this horrible tug of war between those two things. And I guess I'm sad, depressed, and angry because the sides are way more balanced than I would have hoped or thought. Agreed. And I think at the heart of it, and I'm just going to like call a spade a spade, I think at the heart of it, women who look like us have really let the country down. Oh, 100%. White women are terribly disappointing. Terribly disappointing right now. We have we have done everything against that lean-in notion that some people walk around in a spouse but would never actually um, lean in and or reach a hand out and lift up. And and I, and and what I was thinking when you were saying it's the difference between we and me, it's like what do white women get out of lifting him up? I don't know. I don't see it. I mean, to be fair, like white women get a ton out of white supremacy, right? So there's there's the whole com- and it's a it's a complicated conversation. There's the conversation about the patriarchy and misogyny, which I think we could have had ad nauseum in 2016. But the truth of the matter is a white woman, while not as privileged as a white man, still has a shit ton of privilege out there that other people don't have. You're and right. and enough of them voted in terms of their own best interest or not even their own best interest in an effort to preserve what they think is having mine and things being good for me and I don't care about you or I actively dislike you so much that I want to harm you. I just thought we, I I was pretending we had come farther than this and the numbers would be different. Yeah. And I feel like as much upset, I mean, especially in our, in our shared group, you know, um, there was so much upset and real action put behind what happened in 2016. And I don't think that went away. And in fact, it got re, you know, rejuvenated as we led up to, to this election. And so I just continued to be floored at the, at the sheer lack of support for women. Yeah. And the, the, the lack of concern for your fellow human being and the ability to look at whatever's in your best interest, be it your stock portfolio, policies you think will be built, what have you, versus basic human decency and basic honesty. We have proven that a whole bunch of us are willing to vote for someone who is actively dishonest actively greedy and actively harmful in order to preserve our comfort. And that's a mess. It is a mess. And not only are they actively all those things, they're also actively contradictory. So you don't get to take a picture with the Bible and, and as if it's some sort of sick portrait, um, (laughs) and then also lock children up. No, no, you don't get to do those things. And, and, and the list can go on and on about just how contrary the decisions are and how much at war with one with decisions those decisions are but they just don't they don't even fall in the same bucket and um you know i don't want to paint you know you and i were chatting before we don't want to paint 
some sort of tie it up with a bow and feel like it's going to be better, I'm going to double down and do some really hard thinking about what I want to do um, as part of my civic duty to be involved, um, especially over the next four months, which I'm bracing for to be very difficult. Um, I don't have the answer for what that is yet. Yeah, that's a good question. There's a lot of times when being business owners and parents and et cetera, et cetera, is a terrible excuse, but it's an easy excuse for why you don't go to Washington for the march or why you're not out there at night counting or calling for every vote to count, right? Um, You've got children who need food and bedtime and clients who need attention. And so I've, I've counted myself often very thankful that I know that there's a good group of people doing that work, mm-hmm. which if we're honest and we self-reflect makes us lazy, right? And not engaged. And continued, that's a continued, you know, we get to rest on our laurels because there are people that look like us that are fighting for people who look like us. And that's part of the problem. Right. Um, and it's really our job to fight for people who don't look like us. And for people who don't, who don't have the opportunity or the flexibility to be able to do so. And it's, you know, to me... Or the credibility, quite frankly, at the table. Right. You know, here we are in Michigan, and a bunch of angry suburban and rural white people are banging down the doors in Detroit, telling the black population that their votes don't matter. What the hell is that? Who on earth thinks they've got that right? And the fact that there are so many people out there who really, truly think that they're going to tell someone else that your voice doesn't matter because my voice has already been counted. Is It's illogical and it's, I don't, I, I can't, I can't. This is the, ridiculous today. The, the thing that really upset me too about that, in addition to what you've just said, is that it's almost as if people have forgotten that there were other things on the ballot in every state. We didn't just vote in a federal election. That's not how it works. Right. We're voting for things that matter that are specific to our counties. And our communities and our schools. And to our state. Yeah, right? Yeah. And so to stop counting the ballot is counting your, and if you're the protester in your community and stop counting the ballot, you're, you're, you're shortchanging your community much more than you're shortchanging your top of the ticket check mark. Yeah, I think it's true. And don't people, like, hello, <laughs> it's so short-sighted or just uneducated. Yeah. And you said it straight out loud, uneducated. I hate to say it, but it doesn't, it does lack a perspective. I don't know. So here we are a few days out and we're as angry as everybody else. The whole world is probably angry right now, but I think we're doing the work and we're, we're publishing this today to pretty much say we're, we're a couple of white people, white women who understand that our brethren have failed us and something has got to change. Because that many people in America, the margins are too close. Here's the deal. I don't, I don't care if you think you're voting on a good foreign policy or some economic considerations. The lack of ethics that you're accepting in order to vote for that is mind-boggling to me. And I want us to get to a place where we can think about these bigger strategic thoughts, foreign policy or what have you, only after we have ensured that every person in America has the same access and opportunity, regardless of who they are, who they love, 
who they marry, what they look like, where they live, how much money they have. It's just that simple. Until that is solved, none of the rest of it matters. That's right. And frankly, the foreign policy piece, you know, we've, we've crumbled so, so greatly in our international presence. We, we occasionally talk about our audio engineer, Scott. He has a cousin in New Zealand who sent him a picture of the front page of the New Zealand newspaper that had both of our candidates on it that just said divided States of America. Wow. And the answer is yes, we're embarrassed. Yeah. We're super embarrassed. It's, it's an interesting time, too. You, t- you talked about trying to teach your child about politics. And, you know, I have one who's old enough to vote and one who is 17 and really should be able to vote. And then a younger one who's learning this is really his first um, foray into how this works, too. And I'm hoping desperately that this generation is seeing what's happening with their pure young hearts and it's helping them to understand that equity and fairness is the most important thing of all. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of hope. I think it's just the old white people that I'm mad at right now. Same. And I hope that they, at their pure hearts, are looking at what's happening and what continues to happen. And, and they, they want the, it inspires them to do better and to be more engaged as opposed to just turn it off and say like, well, why should I participate in that? That's horrible. Yeah, I hope so. The, the thing that keeps going through my mind, well, two things keep going through my mind, and one of them is super dorky, and it's uh, Eminem singing White America. It just makes me laugh. I've had it stuck in my head all week. <laughs> and the other one is that saying, you know, a rising tide floats all boats, right? And I can't, I, I guess I just would ask the folks who are voting against liberty for everyone to remember that if everyone succeeds, we all succeed. It is not a pie in which if you get a bigger slice, I get a shorter, a smaller slice. It is not a finite pie. If I bring everyone into the fold, we make more opportunity and everyone wins, every single one of us. And use that as a strategy to vote with and we, we all win and we all grow. And I, I, it's not that hard. Is it that hard? Is it that hard to understand? I don't think it is. You know, I think, um, y- you know, you and I are at an advantage slash disadvantage in that the work that we do, we get to dive so deeply into the intricacies of different parts of our economy, different um, strategies that are trying to be deployed to solve some of our community issues, whether that's trying to raise the college attainment rate in our state. You know, there's so many different things that we're involved in because of the work that we do. Maybe that makes us even more frustrated. I'm not sure because we're aware of how hard people are working to rise that tide and that it takes people who are not very engaged and who check a box to kind of um, almost empower people to dismiss those efforts. Yeah. What are we going to do? I honest to goodness, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to listen and I'm going to reflect and I'm going to choose something that I can pour my heart into something that rises, that, that helps rise that tide that allows voices to be heard that otherwise aren't invited to the table. I think my path is very much in exploring and talking to the people who look like me the white women who I would have never thought that 
half of the white women in our state, let alone in our country, would vote the way they voted. It's shocking and it makes me really angry. And I know that I could do a better job calling these people out and having those conversations and not doing the very polite thing of avoiding it because it's difficult. I think it's going to be a struggle of a few months for that. Let me know how I can help. Oh, my goodness. And I'll tell you, listeners, let us know if you've got some ideas. We're fully acknowledging that we are the kind of people who look like part of the problem. We don't want to be part of the problem. We want to see a life that's more equitable and fair for everyone in this country that allows people to live their lives as they see fit without someone else forcing them to do X, Y, or Z. And that means, I'm not talking about wear your mask or not wear your mask. I'm talking about be able to marry who you want, have autonomy over your own body, have the ability to move to any neighborhood you want, have the ability to walk safely down the street or go to a convenience store safely and not get shot. Like These are very basic things that we have yet to attain and and if we're lucky, we'll get to a place where we have a different president in a couple of months. I don't think it's going to be easy getting there. But that sure doesn't solve the problem. That's not even the, that's not even remotely close to solving the problem. Yeah, I wish I had more to say. It's nice to be able to reflect in this way, and hopefully, our listeners, if they've got something to add, they'll join in the conversation. And. You're right. We're not, we're trying actively not to be a part of the problem. And so we get that we're going to hear from some people who may point out that we are probably have been a part of the problem or where we should step up. Um, and we're, we're, we're open to that. We're open to it. Be well, friends. Thank you.